Hi, friends. Thanks for tuning in to In Other News, a random podcast about stuff. The kind of stuff you think about every day. Or at least some days. Here's the setup. Once upon a time, three young guys worked together to deliver news and weather from a local TV station. Today, they're a little older, a little wiser, and they're back to discuss the things that really matter. And a few things that don't. Thanks for listening. Now here's Axel, Joe, and Adam. Thanks, Sadie. She does a great job with our open all the time. Uh, hi, everyone. This is Joe. We're back here with another edition of In Other News with Adam and Axel as well. Gentlemen, how are you guys today? Hey, Joe. Good and good. Yeah, my hair is a little wind blowing though. Actually, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why it's missing. What hair? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, yes. Uh, spring has finally sprung around here. Uh, the the kite flying weather is certainly strong with the uh, winds we've been having. It's been a long, cold, lonely winter, like the uh, the Beatles sang. But uh, uh, we've still got a hot contest going online on our Facebook page. Uh, nice transition, Joe. Yeah. I want was, give. Can you? Yeah. Give us an update slick. on how we're doing here. Well, so uh, right now, odds of winning this contest are very, very high. Uh, in fact, they may be in the one in four range uh, <laughs> at this very moment. So, uh, so you know, I imagine that more people than that like coffee, twenty-five dollar uh, caribou gift certificate, or uh, they're not called gift certificates anymore. What are they gift called? Cards. Gift, gift cards. cards. Gift cards. Yeah, I was dating myself there. Uh, twenty-five dollar gift certificate. Oh, jeez. Nice. You can edit that out <laughs> later, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll just roll with it. Uh, anyway, it's $25 toward Caribou. If you uh, like or subscribe to our podcast and then uh, make a comment on our Facebook page, be great if you tag someone in that comment. We'll get you entered. We'll continue the contest here for another uh, week or so, basically until we feel like it's been legitimate. And then we will randomly draw a name to win that. That's great. I think if I do my counting right, is this our 12th episode? I believe we're at right now a dirty dozen of these, which I is about so. season two, episode six. six. I yeah, think it is six. Yeah. Wow. Look at us. <laughs> so this is about 12 more episodes than I thought we'd ever actually do. So we're doing great. We're doing awesome. <laughs> we're nailing this podcast thing. <laughs> well, uh, today, guys, we're talking about uh, really it's I was going to ask about when this came about, but we're going to talk about binging and some binging of TV shows. Uh, what are we watching? Are they called shows or are they called programs? Because I've heard that's uh, lexicon has changed as well. But uh, before uh, we'll get into what our binging definition is, but yeah, when did binging start? Because I don't remember binging as Ooh. a kid with you know over-the-air television. They didn't really show seasons uh, in a row on TV, and I don't remember it with the VCR either. Did it kind of come in with the DVDs when you could buy a, an entire season series DVD? I'll Probably. Say you, you may need to know that answer for our lightning round today, oh. because that <laughs> answer is in the lightning round. Oh, interesting. Well, then I won't spoil it. So, and there uh, is a date. There is well, not a date. There is a year actually when the term emerged. So, huh? Okay. Ooh, wow. So, well, that's a little bit a of a tease for you. Yeah, tease for the end here. Well, uh, Joel, Joel uh, to your point, um, I looked up a study from 2017, and it said 59% of American adults say they binge watch because they would like to see the whole story at once. So to your point, 
once the DVDs came around with an entire season. And then, of course, the Netflix era. There you have the perfect binge environment. So what are we going to call our binging definition? Because, you know, I'm from Wisconsin and binge drinking is a thing. Yeah, there, and that's, <laughs> that's three or more drinks. I, I'm an expert. I can tell you that is a fact. But what's our definition for binging television programs for this, uh, this episode that we're doing here? Is I, it two or more, three or more? What's our, what's our guideline? Ooh, you know, there, there, I think that there is actually, I don't know that there's a technical definition for that, but there is a range and that is uh, somewhere between two to six episodes watched at one period of time. Oh, okay. Well, it's certainly easier to binge now with the era of streaming programming. I, I read something online, my ex, uh, extensive research into today's episode. Always is, the most prepared, Mr. Yeah, I, well, five minutes of looking in the search engine. But I saw a survey from J.D. Power and Associates. They did a survey about uh, how many streaming services people subscribe to and what the average household in America spends per month on a streaming service subscription um, as of the end of last year the average american household spends 47 dollars a month on their streaming service subscriptions wow. people people tend to have more than two uh, i'm guessing we're in that range we're probably pretty close to average i would say yeah what i, I find hard is uh if you know let's say we have visitors so my mother came around about a year ago and she likes the show uh, mrs fisher I don't know. I've never seen it, but she likes it. And I found out that it only was showing on uh, on a service called Acorn TV. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I've heard of Acorn TV. Mm -hmm. So I uh, subscribed to it because it was a seven-day tri free trial, and my mother was here for seven days. So I thought, well, that is perfect. She can binge on all these Mrs. Fisher episodes. And she did. Well, guess what happened? A year later, I still have Acorn TV. <laughs> never watched it, and I'm paying a monthly fee, which I only recently discovered. <laughs> I guess it's time to take care of that then, or unless yeah. unless your mother is going to come back to visit here in in the not too distant future, would it be more hassle to cancel it and resubscribe, or just uh, let it run? So that's the million dollar question. <laughs> I, I, so I would say we're probably in that forty nine dollar range. However, only the first twenty dollars are intended to be spent the others are yeah. probably <laughs> <laughs> and i see that the cost of some streaming services is going up right now uh post the pandemic or yeah. towards the end of the pandemic so i'm it, streaming services got a lot of us through the pandemic so uh, i guess it's time for them to recoup uh recoup what they've spent so i'll tell you what uh, guys while we get our notes together uh, we're going to talk more about what we're binging and what uh what shows maybe our families are binging and all that stuff get our notes together and we'll uh talk about it here uh, in a moment <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, and uh, it is time to enter our uh, binge-palooza, I guess, and uh, I'm going to start out, and uh, gentlemen, I will give you a kind of a brief overview of uh, what kind of shows I like and what my family uh, likes to watch, but I should point out that in my house or when I look at my TV watching behavior, there are really... So when we discussed the show, my initial reaction was, I can't be part of the show because I don't watch TV. <laughs> Weren't you the largest contributor to the Hallmark movie? Yeah, possibly, possibly. But, <laughs> but what I discovered is I hardly ever anymore sit down on my own to watch a show. When I watch TV, it is usually 
because my kids watch something and I join along or I am on the treadmill and just distract myself by watching something because the, I think the last, and there's no TV watching with my wife because we ever, we never agree on what's a good show to watch, what's a good movie to watch. I think the last time we actually binged something together, do you guys remember Lost on ABC? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that mm-hmm. was the last show that we watched together. Couldn't wait for the next week. I think it was Wednesday nights something or Thursday nights. But since then, we have grown completely apart in TV watching behavior. <laughs> oh. um, that may and, come up in the lightning round as well, Axel. Right. Just tuck that away. I'll be ready. Uh, and uh, this uh, one sign of that, uh, it's so my earliest binge that I ever recall, this goes back to my childhood, would be Star Trek the next generation, right? I have watched all seasons, every episode, multiple times. Uh, however, my wife would be telling you that Star Trek is inferior because she's on the Star Wars oh, yes. bandwagon, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know where you guys fall, but uh, Star Trek is if... if, if I'm more in the space balls. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course version. you would be. <laughs> so, so... When I watch Star Trek, it is usually just on the treadmill because I can't get any family member to join me in that, uh, in that, uh, with that show. But as of late, I have uh, grown attached to several shows that my kids watch, and one of one of them I wanted to point out is called Brainchild. Have you heard of Brainchild? No, no. This is a Netflix series, and it's it's essentially a science show for kids, and uh, it is uh, hosted by. Oh, what's her name? Um, Sahana Srinivasan. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but... Um, Sounds right. She hosts it, and uh, it's essentially... Uh, it's explaining things like uh, germs, emotions, social media in a very... Uh, in a kind of a relatable way. They do experiments. They have real scientists on the show that uh, describe why something is the way it is. And then they have little activities that kids can do, you know, as they watch. It's very well done. It's, it's short episodes, like 20, 25 minutes. And I would say, so my, you know, my kids are 10, 7, 5, and 3. And uh, outside of my three-year-old, they're all glued to it. And they, you know, they remember, they actually remember things from it, which I find impressive. So example, you, they will tell me, 10 times a day that there are more germs on their iPads than on a toilet seat. <laughs> and here's why. Not after they tell you that. Well, no. <laughs> Not anymore. So, so, so that is, uh, you know, that's fun to see. And so when it comes to binging, there are only maybe I'm going to say 20 episodes it is not unheard of that they would take in three or four at a time, which comes to about two hours worth of TV, but I don't, you know, it, it, I, it, I find it hugely educational and uh i find myself glued to it because the way they present the facts is just uh very creative very easy to digest and you walk away with some good knowledge so this is uh this is one end of the spectrum so have they figured out that it's a free pass for them on media if they watch educational tv does that mean you know like four or five hours later (laughs) 10 episodes in you're like this is great you're learning something (laughs) There is a good chance that if daddy likes a show and says, oh, let's watch another one, they will gladly oblige. <laughs> now, on the other end of the spectrum is uh, a show you've probably heard of. Uh, this is uh, going to the Nickelodeon territory and uh, iCarly. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Right now. So 
for those who don't know, this was a very popular show uh, back in, uh, was it, I think 2007 through 2012, uh, 97 episodes. Amazing yeah. for, a, for a teen show, right? Yeah. And uh, my kids love it and I love it um, for, for, for different reasons. So I guess I should give a quick synopsis. It, it, it deals with the main character is uh, Carly Shea, who lives with her brother in Seattle in an apartment. And uh, Carly and her best friend, Sam Puckett, uh, they run this web show called iCarly. So, so, you know, this was kind of in the early days of web broadcasting, especially for teenagers, I guess. And um, so, so it just kind of, all these episodes, these plot lines are completely whacked out, right? There's nothing real about it. But there's also something charming about it because um, from my standpoint, I love community theater. And so that set that iCarly uses, that apartment set, the studio set, wherever they do their scenes, it's full of props. And I just, I, I love how they use the wackiest items to create something. Uh, Carly's brother, uh, what's his name? Spencer, he's a a, a failing uh, a failing artist, if you will. He creates sculptures that always catch on fire or fall apart or whatnot. And so my kids get the greatest kick out of it. The, the storylines are, you know, nothing. It's, it's, it's mental bubblegum, right? It's you watch it <laughs> and you just, uh, you, you watch another one and another one. And, you know, my, my oldest loves it because she loves this YouTube aspect of it because, uh, you know, that's her dream someday. Lily Gumble will have a web show just like our Carly did and things like that. So, so we love it. Now, another one <clears throat> that the whole family loves uh, for a change is uh, a magician called Justin Willman. Have you heard of him? No. All right. So this is another Netflix show called Magic for Humans. And this is a uh, guy, uh, I think he lives in uh, California, uh, LA or someplace there. And he does a lot of street magic. And so he essentially turned his street magic bit into a show and when we looked it up, you know, when you think about magicians' tricks on TV, you're you're thinking, well, you know, you're 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 watching it on TV. How how amazing can it get if a camera could just hide whatever the magic act is? But this guy, he takes that into account. So I'll give you one example. So you have that classic trick of uh, he's he holds a handkerchief up and then stuffs it into his other hand, which is formed into a fist, right? And then he stuffs the handkerchief in there. When he's done, he opens his hand and suddenly there's an egg in his hand, right? And you're like, well, yeah, you know, he probably had an egg back there. And he said, yeah, that's exactly right. I had a, he had a hollow egg with a hole in it that he was hiding behind his hand. So that's where the handkerchief uh, disappeared. And you're like, oh yeah, great. This is, uh, you know, of course on TV, it's easy to show it. You didn't have to do any special tricks to to you know, position himself in a certain way. But then sure enough, he does one other move and suddenly that egg is real, right? <laughs> and it's, so you're just in awe with how he pulls that off. And it's just, uh, it, we all loved it so much so that the other day or a couple of weeks ago, we uh, shelled out 25 bucks to watch one of his uh, Zoom, Zoom-based magic shows Ooh. that he started uh, launching because he can't do any real shows right now because of the pandemic. So he started this uh, Zoom magic show. And uh, so, you know, you're joining this Zoom. He does it from his home. So you, you, you log into his home, essentially, with 500 other people. And he will interact with some and pulls off his tricks from his office, his dining room, his, his living room. 
his wife and kids sometimes pop up. So I, I can highly recommend it. What uh, service is that on? That is uh, Netflix as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, Magic for Humans, Justin Willman. If you look him up on YouTube, you, you find a lot of segments. Cool. Uh, before I toss it to you guys, I'll throw out a couple of more, uh, more uh, I guess, uh, drama-like uh, shows that I have uh, really loved, especially during my time on the treadmill. And uh, one of them is called Money Heist. Have you heard of Money Heist? No. No? I haven't heard of any of your shows. My goodness. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but Money Heist, it is probably after Lost, one of my all-time series. This is a series over several seasons. And it actually came from Spain where it flopped. But then Netflix picked it up after, you know, a, a failing season in Spain and suddenly overnight it became this international phenomenon phenomenon and here quick uh, plot summary it's about this criminal mastermind that is uh, referred to as the professor and he has this plan to pull off uh, the biggest heist in recorded history over in Spain and that is to print billions and billions of euros in the uh, royal mint of Spain and to do that he hires eight other criminals that with each of them having a particular skill. So, you know, you got the smart one, you got the one who can handle a sledgehammer, you got, uh, you know, the charming one and whatnot. And the plot is a extremely suspenseful, but what, what really uh, sold it to me is the deep, deep, deep character uh, development more so than I've seen in any show. You guys have to check this out. I think you'll be hooked. If, if, if you like, you know, a little bit of action, a little bit suspense, but there's a lot of good psychology and character depth in there. I highly recommend it. I this is one of those shows where I cannot wait for the last season. There's four seasons, and they thought it was done, but people just wanted more. So Netflix ordered another season, which is supposed to come out fairly soon, and uh, I cannot wait. Money heist. Money heist. Yes. Interesting. I got it on the list. I'll write yep. it down. Good. And then lastly, uh, documentaries. Who watches documentaries? Oh, I, I'm the consumer of those in this house. There you go. And I love how Netflix, and even so we have Amazon, Netflix, uh, some good choices on there. And one I liked uh, was the, uh, now in its third season, the documentary about uh, Formula One. So I've, I've seen about, that. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. T- what's that like? It's, it's, it's essentially a whole lot of cameras behind the scenes, you know, chugging along with the teams, of, of profiling drivers, profiling the politics behind Formula One, the money that goes into it, what it takes to run a shop, a F1 shop. And every season or every episode focuses on just a, a different aspect. So it's not, uh, you know, it's not a, the, the, the documentary is not about one person, one team, one racetrack. It's a little bit of everything. And so you walk away with a really nice understanding of how this works. And it's, it, you know, I've always, I've always enjoyed Formula One, but I had ne- I had no idea what all goes into it. So this is another one I would highly recommend. Two seasons out now, and they did a third season, which um, which uh, profiles last year's pandemic F1 season. And uh, even if you don't like sports of any kind, this is uh, very interesting. So there you have it, guys. Lots. I'd of, say uh, you have a diverse uh, portfolio. <laughs> uh, I sure do. That's I great. sure do. And then, uh, you know, my, my, my secret passion is the old uh, airplane disaster movies of the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> Those only come out when I'm by myself 
for an extended amount of time and I can just binge without guilt. <laughs> Wait, airplane disaster movies, or do you mean airplane movies? The ones well, with Leslie Nielsen or? Well, that too, for good measure, you got to throw an airplane. But no, I'm talking like, you know, there was airport. Yeah, airport two, 70, three, four, five, six. Seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Yeah. Anything that involves plane crashes or kidnappings or I, I've, I don't know. I've always loved them. <laughs> so, usually words that go together <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i fly all the time so <laughs> all right so uh who's next gentlemen i can't wait to hear uh some of your choices yeah, because I'll, I'll, uh i'd like to add some i'll go so we uh we i would say that we weren't big binge watchers by the classical definition until um probably just within the last couple of years. I think our kids were, they could be fairly active binge watchers, uh, especially if any YouTube uh, things were considered binge uh, material. Then I know somebody in our house would definitely be binging quite a bit. But uh, so here's the ones that are on our list in random order. So the one that we're uh, binge watching right now is Madam Secretary. Do you guys, have you heard of Madam Secretary? Uh, so, I was wondering yeah. how that is. Tell us on about CBS, it. Yeah. Um, Leone. Yeah, Taylioni, um, and and the whole premise is that she uh, becomes Secretary of State. Um, this was, uh, I think, it had six seasons uh, to it, uh, and it was on. Was it on? Was it on CBS? CBS. CBS. Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. I should know these things if I'm binge watching it. It's on Netflix <laughs> now, which is where we've been binge watching it. Um, but I think it had a run up until uh, 2019 uh, was the last season that it aired. And uh, we have just found it like uh, really fascinating. What's most fascinating, I think, about watching it now is it, it certainly draws you in. Um, the storyline is, is, is really fascinating. But what has surprised me most is how things portrayed in that drama actually have taken place after that show aired. So um, I'm not quite sure how that works, but it's almost like they had an inside track in the future and um, you see these things play out. It, uh, one thing it's done for certain is it has made me uh, very glad that I am not the secretary of state because that job seems miserable and you work <laughs> all hours. But, um, but we highly recommend that. That's for, the, for, for um, those of us who like drama and a little bit of action uh, and some good thinking. Um, uh, that's that's one of our top ones right now. Is, so is is it politically nuanced? It is, yeah. It's totally okay. politically nuanced. Um, so uh, so you you know it's it's the Secretary of State working very closely with the president and um, and and there's a lot of CIA involvement and um, a fair amount of drama and intrigue in most episodes. Like they kind of have a balance actually some some resolve at the end of that episode some of the conflict resolves at the end of the episode but then um as we i think are in season four now we're seeing we're starting to see some of the storylines carry over kind of episode to episode so there's a little bit of a mix uh in that as well but uh they've even had a pandemic uh uh in it believe it or not and this was years <laughs> before the pandemic struck so hmm. uh, so fascinating stuff uh, one that Amy and I watch uh, in binge, uh, typically very quickly once it comes out, is The Crown on Netflix. That's mm -hmm. about the British monarchy. Oh, uh, I'll send Jen to your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Crown is fascinating. Uh, I think the, personally, my take the first couple of 
uh, seasons of The Crown were better than the last couple uh, have been. But um, just, you know, that's, I'm, I'm not a big British monarchy guy, but uh, what gets me about that one is the, uh, the props, the costuming, the, the amount that they must have uh, spent in the production. And I think it was, I think it was $200 million uh, that they spend per season on production, but, but just um, really, really well done. Uh, and uh, gives you some, you know, I doubt that it's all realistic, but it certainly gives you an uh, inside look to the monarchy the way that, you know, probably Americans would think that it would be portrayed. I have no idea if it's actually uh, that way or not, but but that's one that's on our list. Uh, from Apple TV, we hadn't mentioned Apple TV yet, uh, another streaming service that we have. Uh, uh, I watch one show on it and it's Ted Lasso. Uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I've heard a lot about that. It makes yeah. me want to maybe consider it, but I don't know if there's more to watch. So tell me about Ted Lasso. It sounds so, really good. Ted Lasso, uh, the, the storyline behind Ted Lasso is he's a, a winning American football coach who was recruited uh, to coach soccer, or as Axel would say, football. Um, Foosball. Foosball. <laughs> yeah. Nah, nah. And, um, and uh, I think in England for a, for a, England. Yep. Yeah. And, and so, but the reason he was recruited is because uh, I don't want to give away all the storyline, but he was intended to fail uh, at this job. And, and uh, I will tell you uh, my, my observations of the show, amazing uh, character development and storyline. He is a, he is a, a just, um, uh, he just has a lot of charm about him. But there's also a lot of trash in this show that probably didn't need to be there. A lot of, you know, you, it's not one that you watch with the kids. A lot of uh, uh, language and lewd comments. Um, and actually, I personally believe that if they would have cut a lot of that out, they didn't need it in there. Um, it would be an even stronger show, but definitely one to watch. Um, if you're an adult <laughs> and there aren't other ears around um, and you can get past that stuff. Uh, good humor in that show, but also a really strong message about uh, character in that show, which is just astounding. Uh, one we watch as a family. Uh, and I think this is on Amazon prime. Kevin can wait. Kevin James uh, mm -hmm. uh, also a TV series, which aired a number of years ago. Uh, that was one that our family uh, together enjoyed. And we watched, man, we probably watched four or five seasons over the course of a month. <laughs> um, so we really dove into that one, uh, you know, 30 minute episodes, pretty mindless TV, um, but, but good humor uh, associated with that one. Uh, one that surprised me uh, because I had been avoiding it. This is uh, this is on Disney Plus now. Is WandaVision? Have you guys heard of WandaVision? Oh, my wife is all over it. Yeah, so uh, it, it just seems uh, I'm not sure I could get into that one. Yeah, here's here's the thing that I learned about WandaVision is uh, you uh, you will be if you're anything like me, uh, you will be completely confused until episode four. And if you stop watching before episode four, you will be completely confused and think this is the dumbest show ever. Uh, but if you can hang in there until episode four, it will finally make sense to you. And then the rest of it uh, makes a whole lot of sense. Um, the other weird tip uh, with WandaVision is uh, you get 
to the end, like, uh, and you're like, why are there seven minutes of credits? And so I, you know, I'm like credits, I don't need to watch the credits. Why do they have seven minutes of credits? Uh, what I didn't realize is that there is part of the storyline intermersed in the credits. So don't think that you just turn it off when the credits begin rolling, uh, because you will miss pretty significant elements of the show, which I didn't figure out until we were on, uh, what? Uh, episode seven, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing about the Marvel universe is yeah. that. So we're watching those movies now as well. And my son says, oh, we can't turn off the credits. There's always a, cred a scene at the end of the credits. So that's very Marvel-like. Yeah. Yeah, and and there's usually two or three scenes kind of interwoven in the uh, in the end credits, but but Wandavision, um, <clears throat> fascinating show in the end. Uh, but like I said, uh, was uh, you know if if you're if you're a TV buff, it's kind of interesting for the first four episodes because they're essentially remaking uh, shows that we watched when we were younger. You know, Leave It to Beaver and uh, uh, Bewitched and some of these other things, and then it starts to make sense uh, as you get further on with that one. Um, and then maybe the last one that I would mention, this is one that I watch. I don't know if any, not the rest of the family really watches it, but the rookie, uh, which is still actually on TV, the rookies mm -hmm. about, um, <clears throat> these, uh, rookie cops, uh, in LA and, um, and, uh, it's just, you know, kind of an interesting drama, uh, for me, they get into all sorts of trouble seemingly in every episode, um, it's got just a little bit of humor in it um, and a fair amount of drama and action in it as well. And that one we watch on Hulu. I'm beginning to think I may have almost every streaming service that is, so. uh, <laughs> available. Um, oh, wait. And then uh, two other tips. So one that our family sort of watches, but not every family member would probably admit that they watch this is Axel from the Hallmark Channel, When Calls the Heart. Oh, heard of it? Yep. Yes, yes, When yes. Calls the Heart. Uh, and uh, the our family may or may not have the DVD set of <laughs> When Calls the Heart, uh, which we have Bonus out on points. loan to other people uh, right now. But uh, that's one of those shows where every Sunday night, uh, typically the family is gathered around television. That's kind of a period drama of like, uh, let's see, that would be late 1800s, I think, early 1900s. Um, uh, on the Hallmark Channel. Uh, and, you know, just kind of a a good, uh, wholesome TV show. Uh, now some of these things, I don't know how you guys, you know, like I was, I was looking at what are the binge worthy shows of 2021 and, uh, the list that I saw, I didn't know any of these shows. I hadn't heard of them or anything like that, which always raises caution because when we go out to Netflix, there's a ton of junk that you have to sort through. Right. And you never mm -hmm. know when, there's going to be things that you don't want the kids to see or hear or whatever. So we use um, two uh, kind of sites to help us with that. Uh, first of all, Common Sense Media helps oh, yeah. us understand the themes. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, so we usually check that out before we watch a lot of these shows. And then the Internet Movie Database, uh, which I'm sure you're all familiar with, you can actually... Uh, in that, look at how it got its parental ratings and what the scenes were associated with that. So you can have a good handle on how much, whatever it is, you're going to hear or see uh, before you go into that show. So two sites that we would recommend there to scout some of these binge-worthy shows. Good advice. So, Mr. O'Keefe, 
What's on your list? Well, uh, I, I'm proud to say that our shows, uh, I don't think we have any overlap in the shows that we have all talked about so far. So I'm going to keep that. Trend <laughs> that means there's a lot of television. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So, uh, yeah, back in the day I, when I, I think before I was, uh, before I got married, I would watch reruns on TV. So like the West Wing, I could sit and watch two or three of those. Oh, in a row. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Magnum PI, just random stuff. I could sit and watch those for a while. And those 30 for 30 documentaries that ESPN puts together on various sports segments. Oh, yeah, I think Jen they're very well. Yeah, I enjoy those too. So I could watch those all the time. But now that uh, married uh, with a family. So I remember when my wife and I first got married or first started dating, we would watch the show Arrested Development, which did not do oh, well yeah. when it was on Fox, but we watched it on when it was still on the air. And now they we bought the DVDs, and now they're all on Netflix as well. So it is very smartly written. But the the trick with that show is you just can't have it on to have something on. You have to pay attention, pay attention. And, yeah. and watch because there are so many inside jokes and sight gags and calling back to previous episodes. So uh uh, just really clever show and a good ensemble cast overall uh after arrested development then we got into you know there was a show on hbo called flight of the concords they are oh my a, goodness yes they are a, a duo uh, they are they write very funny but well-written songs on uh, just uh, it's all over the board and we watched the, the dvd of this uh season one we watched the first episode and we looked at each other and go, did we like that? Let's watch another one. <laughs> and we watched the second one. Like, I think we got to watch one more to see if we like the show. And so we watched the third one. I was like, okay, we get it. We get the whole bit. We buy the bit. We buy the premise we're, we're in. So we enjoyed all season one. And then we specifically subscribed to HBO to watch all of season two. So if you can find Flight of the Concords, I believe it's on HBO Max now. Um, <laughs> really, it's it's dumb but clever at the same time um another show that we binged based on the recommendation of uh some former neighbors some good friends of ours we started watching scandal the Kerry washington uh oh. drama that used to be on h on abc and we didn't get into it till like it was season four and our neighbors were telling us our, our friends were telling us about oh you got to watch this show so then we binged to get through seasons one two and three when we found them online to get caught up to to season four or five so we could watch it and talk about it afterwards so scandal's always good new girl with zoe de chanel that's just clever and funny at the same time um the other things that i would recommend when i sit down with my son is so we've been binging technically been binging the simpsons because <laughs> all those episodes except for one are up on disney plus right yes. now and wait, so wait, wait 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 which one is not on disney plus the one that is not is the one where um uh, lisa met uh, a psychiatric patient who had escaped from the hospital and it was voiced by michael jackson um and he thought he was michael jackson this the psychiatric patient oh. so that one is not available on disney no plus if you look you see they've skipped an episode in one of those seasons but hmm. otherwise they're all up there and so he and i have started watching these my son and i uh we think we started right around halloween we watched two a night 
every night. Wow. Uh, and we still have like six, yeah. seven seasons to go. Isn't that like one of the longest running shows? Isn't The Simpsons like one of the longest running shows? So. It's in... like season 31 or 32 yeah. now. So yeah, it's <laughs> it just keeps on going. But now we're into the episodes because I used to watch it a lot. Well, Adam, when you and I were working together. <laughs> back at the tv station like this yep. was this was cutting edge this was like in season four five six right. where it was like super clever and then we'd all talk about it at work yeah. uh that we can just uh those inside um, catchphrases but so now it's been i'm seeing the episodes that i stopped watching when i got older so uh it's been interesting that way so um that's for me and my son to watch uh, when we're watching as a family Amazing Race. Uh, oh, yeah, that's Ooh, one that's on our Amazing list, Race. too. Yeah, you're yes. right. On, yes. on uh, Amazon Prime, you can find all these old seasons. So there'll be a season, maybe we've seen it, maybe we haven't. So, But we've forgotten everything about it. So we'll we'll watch those at times as a what's family. Your, what's your favorite season of The Amazing Race? I like the one with uh, Chet and uh, the two cowboys. Um, they're actually, they, oh, appear in yeah. three, they appear in three seasons. Yeah. Um, Chet, Chet and Rhett. I can't, anyway. yeah. yeah it's hard to pick a favorite season you have some teams that look familiar but i you know i can picture them i can't remember all their names um but yeah it's they're always eating something weird or <laughs> they're putting them they're bungee jumping off of something or they're having to do some uh local dance or local custom that you know they are not doing anywhere close to what they should be doing but the judges are like okay you've been here for half an hour right there you go keep on going so so that's an easy one for us to watch as a family um a couple other ones oh I, the mandalorian uh i know axel oh, you had yeah. said jen is big star wars side you're more star trek side mandalorian is based on the star wars uh a spinoff of one of those Star Wars things. We've watched that. Uh, it's it's clever. It's a, a very niche sort of thing, but I, I I enjoy watching that. We're we're eager for that next season to come out. Uh, lastly, I just want to put a plug in for a, a, a three more things. So um, when my wife and I are binging now. Uh, Granted, our tastes are very different. So some of the shows she binges are not the ones I binge, but we can agree on a show called The Incredible Dr. Paul. And he is on uh, the Nat Geo Wild channel. But a lot of these are also available now on Disney+. Plus. So he is a veterinarian originally from, he was born in the Netherlands, I believe, uh, came to America for college. Uh, met his bride-to-be and then set up shop as a uh, animal veterinarian in central Michigan. So he's treating the full range of household pets to large animals, to you know, camels, you name it, he has treated it. So uh, he is 80 years old. He is still in hmm. practice uh, and he's got a, a, a crew of about uh, another three or four uh, vets that help out so we're watching these shows he's entertaining and it's one of these things you're good you are trying to guess what the ailment is of the animal before he does his diagnosis so like ray and i will watch and i'll say oh that's uh I bet you that's an abscess or, oh, that's a twisted stomach, I bet. Uh, oh, they're going to get out the trocar, if you know what the trocar is, if you've seen Dr. Pohl. That's the thing that they, if you get a cow with bloat, you 
it's a like a screw that you screw into the side of the cow into their stomach <laughs> and release the gas from their their stomach so um really it's uh, and you watch this oh yeah it's my my son <laughs> refuses to watch it because the, you know there's usually like a, a live birth in there at some point too but uh it's it's really just you know a good escape and, and very interesting you know i'm i didn't grow up on a farm i'm granted from rural wisconsin my my grandparents were farmers just but... eat the cheese <laughs> exactly exactly so uh it's just interesting seeing these different cases come in the door uh, and then the last two things I'm going to mention, uh, my son also binges some stuff on his own. So uh, the reboot of Doctor Who on BBC, uh, that's available on HBO Max as well. Uh, he enjoys watching those binging the Doctor Who episodes. And lastly, if you just want some laughs, but you, there's a lot of things on Netflix, a lot of comedians, a lot of raunchy comedians in there. If you want to keep it clean, you can binge a whole bunch of Jim Gaffigan specials. Oh, yes. I think there's yes. like five yes. or six up there. Yep, and then exactly. there's a, there's this other comedian. His name is Nate Bargetzi. Yes, he's very funny. Nate is good. So I would recommend the Nate Bargetzi trilogy, which is there's a show called The Stand-Ups on Netflix. So watch the one that he did, and especially the last 10 minutes of that one, because that sets up his next special, which is called The Tennessee Kid, which is I love I enjoyed that special. I thought that was outstanding. Uh, and then he just had one come out within the past few days called like the greatest average American uh, that is out right now. So um, I would recommend any and all of those to those folks who are listening. Now, granted, we have all mentioned like five or six different streaming platforms. Yeah. <laughs> I was just counting up the hours of TV that you guys are going to have me watching over the summer. <laughs> uh, you didn't want to go outside anyway. <laughs> My other conclusion, gentlemen, is that the next time Jen and I have a disagreement over a TV show, I will simply say, go to Joe's or Adam's house because you'll be well taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of similarities here. <laughs> We'd welcome her to, to come and watch some uh, Rested Development or Mandalorian or any of that stuff. Oh, she would take it all. <laughs> I don't think that Jen sounds like a when calls the heart type person, though. No, she would not. Yeah, she would but not. you might enjoy that. I, I might. I might have to look into that. Yes. Uh, well, this is all this is all uh, good fun and good recommendations, I might add, uh, gentlemen. But the real question is, how well do you know binge watching? We, are we experts at it or are we not? So we will test your knowledge of binge watching when we return. Okay, we're back for the lightning round. Are you guys ready? Yes, sir. Did, yes. did anyone do it. study for this? Because last time, you know, that I had the uh, lightning round, I had you taking elements of the bar exam. So did you guys think, oh, man, Adam's doing lightning round. We're going to have to actually study up for this. Much like I prepare for this podcast, there was very little preparation. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I'm ready for you. Okay. Axel, are you ready? I will try. I feel like, I feel like I feel like as a non-American I have a disadvantage here. Oh, that's oh true. gosh, right. <laughs> Play the international. Card. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, so 
are you saying that they don't binge in Germany? They probably do, but I'm not sure. To be honest, I'm not sure how popular streaming services are over there. I mean, sure, Netflix is around and all, but I think there's less diversity. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Let's. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll have to give you a handicap. We'll see. Uh, but uh, but let's dive in. So, uh, the first question, uh, Joe, will give this to you because it actually relates back to when did this all start? What year did binge watching become the word of the year? Oh. Was it? Okay. Do you want me, do you want me to yeah, give you choices? Was give it me choices. Two thousand seven. 2012 or 2015 my first gut reaction was 2007 so i'm gonna go with that uh, you are wrong it was november of 2015 binge watch became the british dictionary collins word of the year how about that and also it's defined as watching a large number of television programs especially all the shows from one series in succession <laughs> so there you go uh, Axel, uh, this was actually the question that Joe asked. What year was the term binge watching first coined? Do you want do you want uh, multiple choice choices? Sure. Was it 1999, 1983, or 2003? When it was first coined, I will say 2003. You are correct. The first nice usage job. of the term binge watch dates back to 2003. But the concept of watching multiple shows in a one setting gained popularity around 2012. So about 10 years before uh, that is when that was when the term first emerged. Hmm. Uh, Joe, this is a good one for you. Which Netflix show is credited with the new era of binge watching? Hmm. Oh boy! I, I, it was I a decision no made by Netflix in 2013 that led to this new era. No idea. It's a show that features Kevin. Um, I think Kevin. What's his name? <laughs> uh, I don't like him. Um, because he's creepy. Anyway, the show is House of Cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, that's right. Kevin Spacey. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah, he creepy? I, Kevin Spacey is yeah. kind of creepy. Yeah. He, he, well, yeah, everything that happened since. But yeah, I used to watch that show. I watched all of season one, yeah. really enjoyed it. And then something there happened in season two, and I just couldn't watch anymore. Yep. Netflix 2013 decision to release all 13 episodes in the first season of House of Cards at one time instead of posting an episode per week mark the new era of binge watching hmm. that was one of those shows where you felt like you had to take a shower after watching it because it was that just it was pretty grimy show pretty good feel that way about any kevin spacey show <laughs> uh, axel okay so remember the term binge watching uh, was word of the year in 2015 now as a percent how much so so the year that it became word of the year how much more as a percent was it used than the previous year so what was its usage direction the, you mean the usage of the word yeah usage of the word oh 
what kind of question is that? I know it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a lame question. It I, was I, it, it it increased by two hundred percent. The usage of the term increased by two hundred percent in twenty fifteen. Okay, that was kind of a lame question. Let's give you another one, Axel. Okay, binge watching refers to a blank cultural space. A blank. Or sorry, binge watching fosters a blank cultural space. You're going to say this is a bad question too, and it kind of is, but. <laughs> and I take it there's no multiple choice. Um, no. <laughs> Make one up. <laughs> <laughs> it I, is I, a shared cultural space because uh, the act of binging content fosters a sense of community around a show. Something experts called a shared cultural space. I would almost question that though, because. You know, in the old days when you had to wait a week to get a new episode, that's, you know, you talk to your friends and coworkers about, you know, what's going to happen next, what just happened. But when you binge, you can binge a whole show in one weekend and then move on to something different. So I would almost question this yeah. community idea. You can't, you can't question the lightning round. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jill, what percent of Americans admit to binge watching? Uh, I'll say 66%. Axel, you want to take a gander at that? I'm going to say 82. It is 73% of Americans binge watch with mm. an average binge lasting three hours and eight minutes. Ooh, that's a long time. Yeah. Axel, this is, uh, remember when I said this question may come back. Okay. Uh, so this is that one. And this is true or false. So you've got a 50-50 chance of being right. So true or false. Uh, oh, wait, I lost the question. Binge watching, true or false. Romantic relationships can be strengthened by binge watching together. True. Hands down. That is true. Romantic relationships can be strengthened by binge watching together because it serves as a fun activity that creates a shared interest and offers an easy way to spend time together. So while, while not talking to each other, <laughs> maybe you should uh, maybe you should tell Jen, hey, you know, uh, it's time for a little romance. Let's binge watch a show that we can agree on. Well, the trouble is she binges at night when I just fall asleep right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, so 90% of millennials and 87% of Gen Zer, Gen Zers binge watch. But what is the average number of episodes they watch in one setting? Oh, this will be different than the three hours and eight minutes yeah. I'll, so, I'll give you i'll give you a multiple choice is it okay one to three two to six or seven to nine i guess i'm gonna go two to six you are correct right. um, that uh 40 of that age group binge watches an average actually of six episodes Whew. of television in one mm. city mm-hmm Axel, true or false, binge watching can lead to addiction. Oh, for sure. True. That is true because your body releases dopamine when you binge watch. And anything that releases <laughs> dopamine can lead to an addiction. Interesting. Joe, which of these conditions are binge watchers more likely to have? Depression, loneliness, or loss of self-control? Uh, how about all of the above? Is that an answer? All of the above is correct. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> A University of Texas study found that binge watchers are more likely to be depressed, lonely, and have less self-control. Well, that's sad. Not us, though. No, no. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay, this this uh, Axel, this one's a little bit old, but uh, but I think you'll give me some grace because it's about numbers, and I know how much you like numbers. I love my numbers. How many hours worth of content did Netflix users watch in 2016? Was oh it A, 35 million hours, B, 140 million hours, or C, 55 billion hours? This is 2016? 2016. So five years ago, I would go with the middle number. The middle number, the 100 and... Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's wrong. It's a uh, 55 billion. Wow. So in 2016, 93 million Netflix users and everyone who shared their passwords <laughs> streamed over 55 billion hours worth of content, which, according to this study, is more than 31 times longer than modern humans have even existed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say for the human race, yeah, I guess? Exactly. Uh, Joe, are binge watchers typically more or less stressed? Um, I'm going to say more stressed. They are more stressed. That feeling of emptiness doesn't do any good. A 2015 study from University of Toledo found that binge watchers reported higher levels of stress, anxiety, and depression. Hmm. Uh, Axel, uh, if you were listening earlier in this quiz, I'm guessing that you will know the answer to this. What, what's the range of episodes that a typical Netflix viewer watches in one setting? One to three, two to six, six to 10. Two to six. Two to six is correct. 61% of users on Netflix regularly watch between two to six episodes of a show in one setting. And Joe, hey, this is going to be a good one for you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's our last question, by the way. How many people watched all nine episodes of season two, Stranger Things, on the day it was first? You were the Stranger Things guy, right? Dude, what, wasn't one of you Stranger Things? No, Stranger neither of us. I don't think any of us. She loves it. She probably is part of that statistic. Okay. okay. Well, well, Joe, you're. Uh, then you might be handicapped here. But uh, okay. how many people watched all nine episodes of season two, Stranger Things, on the day it was first released? Was it one hundred and forty thousand, three hundred and sixty-one thousand, or six hundred and sixty-two thousand? I'm going to say it's the biggest one, 662. And you would be wrong. According oh. to Nielsen, 361,000 people watched all nine episodes of season two of Stranger Things on the first day it was released, rather wow. than watch one or two series a day as an effort to reward yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of depressing, like, you know, because you, you want to follow this show and then you have this feeling when it's over, like, hmm, now we have to find something else to watch after you finish that season or now we have to like i know for us with the crown like we'll watch you know we'll we'll binge that in january when it's released and over a two-week period we'll catch all the episodes and then it doesn't come out for season two until like november or january of the next year so yeah exactly is that which do you prefer do you prefer getting the whole season dropped at once or do you like like the mandalorian or wandavision which is they let out an episode a week and then after eight or nine weeks they're done hmm. i yeah, that's a good question yeah i love it seems like these days watching something for half an hour or an hour is not even satisfying anymore because you're so <laughs> primed to just 
you know, stuff your brain with two hours or so. Mm-hmm. But so I, I, I guess I would go with the give me the whole season and I'll make my own decisions how to split it yeah. up. I'm with Axel. Yeah. Yeah. But then don't you feel like you have to watch everything right away because someone might spoil it for you if you yeah, don't that's watch the other thing. Yeah, yeah, those spoilers. Right. Yeah. Especially with the internet. I mean, you log on to any any story and there's either they warn you hopefully they warn you about a spoiler but yeah there are so many spoilers out there that if you don't you don't watch it right away you might have it ruined for you but you know as we just uh, demonstrated today there are thousands of other shows which you could just pivot to well true no doubt <laughs> you know one time guys I, this only worked once and probably never again my kids were watching all four of my kids were watching something and I said guys it's uh, turn the TV off. You just watched four hours of TV. And my oldest says, no, daddy, we just watched one hour. What are you talking about? I said, yeah, but you're four kids. So each one of you watched an hour. That's four hours. That's enough. Turn the TV off. <laughs> oh, okay, daddy. <laughs> it only worked once. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, gentlemen, I think I've got to go and uh, check out some of these shows that, uh, that you all gave me as an idea. And tonight might be a Nate Bargatze night. Oh, wait, it's when calls the heart tonight. Never mind. Um, <laughs> hmm. We'll have to check some of these out. Uh, thanks for the tips, gentlemen. Um, now, you know, our goal was to try and get this episode in before it gets too nice out because we do want to encourage people to get outside, right? When it, once it gets nice, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But consider this your rainy day streaming uh, list. We gave you plenty of opportunities or like Axel, watch them when you're on the treadmill or watch them while you're you're doing some exercise. But yeah, I mean, how's that? Uh, are you still following up with, uh, what was her name, Joe? Uh, oh, the ex- Estelle Getty? Estelle yeah, Getty. the Estelle Getty series. Yeah, how's that I working have, for you? Yeah, I haven't done that since. I'm, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to get out of the house and, and do some more walking and, and stuff like that. Good idea. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, it's been great talking with you, uh, talking about some of our favorite shows. And uh, we just want to remind people of our contest, Caribou Coffee, in it for you. Subscribe, like. Subscribe, like, and share. Share. Yeah. Tag somebody. Tag, tag. share, tag. You know, just let us know that you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) That works. (laughs) Until next time, gentlemen. Catch you later. See you, everybody. Have a great week.